Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. That's because I can always manage to multitask when there's yummy food involved, particularly donuts. Glad to have you guys here with me on tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Um, Some really sad news today. We're going to continue to talk about the shooting that took place in Iowa throughout the show. Um, But we've got to spend a little time also talking about the greatest threat to America right now, which is the invasion, the foreign invasion being orchestrated by the Biden regime, which is literally a conquest taking place before our very eyes. And joining us to discuss tonight is our favorite congressman who's been fighting this battle for years now, largely on his own, from the Fighting 5th District in Arizona, the one and only Congressman Andy Biggs. Thank you for being here tonight. Andrea, thanks for having me. Um, before, I do want to give you an opportunity, if, if there's anything you want to say about the shooting tonight before we switch gears to the border, because we know that the left is always going to seize on every opportunity to try to change the topic of conversation from big issues and make it be about gun control. Anything you want to say on that topic before we talk border? Yeah. I mean, when we, when we take a look at what we know so far, I think that there's going to be more information that we get coming out. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think so much, so many times the reactions um, from the left and sometimes even from the right, but mostly from the left is so visceral. Um, I mean, yes. so this is, this needs to be processed, and we need to see it. It's a terrible thing uh, that our mm-hmm. country has some of these things uh, occur. But mm-hmm. uh, if we're going to bring it under control and bring this back, um, it isn't about gun control. What it is is about ethics, morals, values in our country. And and I really mm-hmm. think that is the way that we solve these problems is to mm-hmm. is, is to talk about those things as much as anything else. I absolutely agree. I I think, you know, I've said many, many times growing up in uh, the South, in Louisiana, um, you know, boys pulling up to high school with loaded racks in the back and a gun never got up and went and and shot up a school. And uh, so we've got the, you know, the, the rise in, in violence taking place correlates uh, with the demise in values and the removal of God from country and on and on. So thank you for sharing that perspective. It's really what we need to hear from everybody in Congress. Um, speaking of moral decay, it, it is absolutely a, um, only a morally corrupt government could orchestrate an invasion against its own people. And that's what we see happening at the border. And you, like I've said before, you have been at the forefront forefront of fighting for it. Um, fighting to to stop the surge at the border, fighting to hold people accountable. Um, I don't, you know, there's this whole saying, new year, new you. And I don't know if that's why Speaker Johnson led this delegation down at the border. The border issue isn't new. I don't know if he's trying to show that that there's a new sheriff in town with him as Speaker. And, you know, he's actually going to do something different because, quite frankly, I hate to speak bad of a homeboy congressman. Brother friend was a Kappa Sig at LSU and went to LSU law. Far be it for me to be dissing on a brother. But, you know, this is looking just too much like a photo op and do something was trending on, on Twitter. Was this a legit visit to the border, meaning he is then going to seize upon 
this and actually do something about it? Well, I, I hope so. Um, I, I told him, I said, he should not make it a, 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 just a photo op, and which is why I took, by, by the way, which is why I took a separate tour down. We caught up with him for, for the, their roundtable. But other than that, we scheduled my own tour with four or five. Uh, there were five of us total. Um, who went elsewhere because it was it was going to be a dog and pony show, but he assures me that this is going to be the signature issue because it is the signature issue. It's an existential threat mm-hmm. to the country, and he's gonna he's gonna do something about it. And I said, well, you can't just you can't just go in and say let's have new policy, let's let's pass HR two. I mean, I love HR two. I wrote I wrote one time or another virtually everything that's in HR two. And then uh, different people have sponsored some of the stuff I've done, but it all came together. It's a good bill, but you have a lawless. You you, you were right when you called it a morally vacant. I, I can't remember how you said, said it. It was really nice, but it's morally vacant. Um, uh, in, in my opinion, a totally lawless uh, administration. Um, you just start looking at everything, but when you focus on a policy that you're going to say we're going to make this as our signature policy, it's not enough. It's not enough no. to say that the, we, we're not going to do anything unless you pass this policy. They're, they will they will gladly um, – I believe they'll gladly pass that policy, the, the policies that are there, because they ignore all those policies. And they can tie us up in court past uh, the next election uh, by, by basically not doing the – following the policies, and then people try to get in and, and join and sue and all the things that, that happen. But unless we use the lever and the power of the purse, the, the, basically the check that the founders gave us, we're not going to see enforcement of the laws, whatever the laws are, because they're not enforcing the laws today. Well, right. I mean, when you're allowed with literally coordinating an invasion, which is a violation of our laws, what, what new law are they going to respect? It's kind of like gun control. I mean, what, you know, if, if somebody's con- determined to commit murder, give me, they're already violating the law. They're already planning to break the law. What new law is going to stop them uh, from, you know, their, their plan? So, I mean, that, that's ludicrous to think. And so, you know, when I, I saw this interview with Tapper last night that, that Speaker Johnson did, and I just thought it was so mealy mouth. I thought, what's the difference between him? And again, I just, I, I got to tell you, seriously, it grieves me to bad mouth a homeboy from LSU, but it was so feckless. You know, he's like Biden, you know, needs to come down here and visit as though Biden doesn't know what's going on at the border. The, you know, and, and then he said something to the effect of, well, you know, um, Biden doesn't seem to understand something. Look, that I don't, we cannot give him a pass that by offering up the the falsehood that this is is about incompetence this is about orchestration this is a, they're not even bothering to hide it anymore about what what the plan is and we're at the point to where we it, it, where it's securing the border isn't even it, it, it doesn't even help at this point i have been hearing that we've got 11 million illegal aliens in this country since ronald reagan gave amnesty we now have probably yeah. we've had at least 10 million come through just since Biden was installed in the White House like a roll of toilet paper. What we need is to be saying we've got the power here because we got the purse and, and we are going to we are going to withhold all of your priorities. I think you tweeted that the other day. We need to withhold funding for all the all of the left's priorities and demand a deportation force at the same time. Or am I wrong? 
No, you're, you're exactly right. And I'm glad you used the words coordination and the orchestration because that's what it is. I mean, I, I was saying it at the time that Mayorkas came out with a CBP-1 app, that this was going mm-hmm. to be used to coordinate um, and facilitate. He himself said that. So they basically coordinate wh- uh, where they're going to drive people. So they drove people to the Eagle Pass and, and Lukeville. They're still driving them to Lukeville, Arizona. Uh, through the CBP one app, but 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 then they gray out. They're going to gray out. They were graying out Eagle Pass because they knew we were coming down. They cleared out all the facility trying to oh yeah change just like change Gavin Newsom cleared out San Francisco before Xi Jinping exactly. came. <laughs> That's ex- exactly right. So when you, when you when you have the um, uh, this coordination, this orchestration that's going on, so you, you get it with the CBP one app, but. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. The the other side knows it. The cartels know it. And they also know, the cartels do, that the Biden administration is not sending anybody's home. I, I mean, it was real famous during uh, the campaign when when Biden said, yeah, I want I want them to flood the borders. I want the the aliens to flood the borders. And he used the word flood. And, and he's gotten it. He is this. It is not incompetence. It is it is impeachable. It is a high crime. It is, it is, uh, it is basically undermining everything uh, about this uh, this country's uh, geographical integrity, our borders, our sovereignty. And when I I hear some of my colleagues, which I call now, I'm starting to call them just the the cheap labor Republicans because there are cheap labor Republicans that are like, mm-hmm. well, you know, but they're coming to work. They're not coming. They can't even speak our language. Most of them, right? I mean, they can't speak no, our language. They, they have no. They have no skills. Um, and those who do have skills, they were doing fine in their home country, but they come. Well, they, and they would be better off there. I'm glad you mentioned that because back when we had Remain in Mexico, um, I, I was thinking, well, why wouldn't they just stay there in the first place? First of all, they're supposed to seek asylum in the first country that they enter into. Second of right. all, they don't speak the language. They don't have the education. And that being said, they're not going to be able to afford it's $3,000 a month for a one bedroom in San Diego. We're supposed to pay for that. And, you know, they, they, they would be better off in Mexico, but that doesn't serve the Democrats plan. And, and I think that it's time for the Republican party to be honest that the, the left's plan involves not just cheap labor, which the Republican party likes, but when it comes to the Democrats, it's not even just about expanding the dependency class and a voting base for them. It's about replacing American citizens. We are under, it's like Vivek Ramaswamy said at that debate, the great replacement theory is not a right-wing conspiracy anymore. That's literally in play right now. Do you agree? It, it's the, the, the reconquista that you've heard about for years from La Raza, Mecha, the radical uh, Latino left. Um, most, most Latinos don't think that way, but these, this radical group do, and it's the reconquista. They, they basically want to take this country back. And on the mm-hmm. other on the other hand, the Democrats, they uh, I, I found this to be intriguing as I pondered it over the years. But I have come to the conclusion that they really do think that they can control elections through this new demographic. Um, it, it's everything they're doing is so cynical. The other thing that that you'll hear people talk about is we need them to pay in because our our social welfare systems are going broke. So we need this new this new generation of, of illegal aliens who are going to come in, we're going to put them to work, and we're going to tax them 
to pay for our social welfare systems. That's what they said in Europe, by the way. That's what. That's mm-hmm. why they were letting so many in, in Europe. Did it work? No, it does not work, um, especially when no, they realize for- that they can get benefits. Well, of course, because how are they getting paid by the fellow taxpayer, by the real taxpayers here? We've already talked about the fact that they don't have any any real earning capacity because they don't have any skills or education to do so. And so they're and they're so basically they're coming here and living off of of American citizens. And um, and and, and we do see that that uh, Europe has failed as a result of it. And, you know, there was a video that went viral the other day of, a, of a, and one of the things we haven't talked about is we see that coming from the Hispanics, but also from Islam. That's really what took down uh, Europe. There was a book written about it called While Europe Slept years ago under the falsehood of the great concept of multiculturalism. And so they imported all these Muslims into uh, Europe who are not compatible, didn't assimilate. And there was a video that went viral the other day where one of them is telling a man, in uh, Denmark, look, you guys only have one or two kids. We're going to all have, all of our families are going to have five and we're going to make you extinct. So there, we are under assault and under conquest by a variety of different ideological and demographic groups, aren't we? Well, you face the cultural aspect. I mean, even Henry Kissinger, um, prior to his his, uh, death, said Europe let in too many foreign, uh, you know, non-Europeans. And and why does he say that? He was saying it because culturally and economically, uh, Europe had been changed uh, Mm -hmm. and and changed in a way that systemically, I mean, the system itself changes, the institutions, Mm -hmm. the rules, the regimes, they all change. And and when you talk, so when I was down in Lukeville just uh, uh, last week or the week week before they run together, but I, I was talking to some of these people. They they profess not to speak English. Now I, I think some of them understand it better than they profess. But when we ask them where are you going, this is dissemin- being disseminated through the entire United States of America. So you say to the guy from from uh, you know Guinea, where are you going? He pulls out papers, and, and, and in his papers he's got a, a laminated paper with phone numbers and an address where he's going. And that's where all of them were, whether they were from India or Pakistan or um, where else did we get? Uh, Burkina Faso. Uh, and then you get finally get to some Guatemalans. And I mean, it was – this is – it is such a, um, a, a an international thing right yes. now. And, and um, you know, the, the uh, Inspector General for uh, Homeland Security – had put out a report earlier this year, and, and we actually met with him last night um, uh, <clears throat> in, in Texas when we were there. And, and he said, yeah, 75% of the people that Biden has actually released into the country, and we're talking millions, that, that in and of itself is millions of people. He said they have no idea, this administration has no idea where they are, what they're doing, where they're going, how they're integrating, how they're assimilating into the country. Um, and the and the other thing of it is, and there's been some good writing on it. I mean, people, you know, people like even Victor Davis Hanson who've written about mm-hmm. uh, some of these things, and they've talked about, look, these these people coming in have no affinity or affection or even a relationship with our founding uh, documents and ideals of this country. They don't understand them. They they've not read them. They've not thought about them. And I thought, as I read it, I thought, well, that's part of our problem is we have a lot of 
people in our own country that have no real affinity any longer with the founding ideals of this country. Of and some of them are in Congress. Excuse me for interrupting. Yes, Let's yes, talk about right. Ilhan Omar, who was brought here as a refugee. And she is intent now that she's got a little piece of power to try to, you know, not to. She has not come here and assimilated and embraced American culture and our foundation and our U.S. Constitution. She's working hard to turn us into the crap hole country from which she left and was brought here. And that's the reality of what, what we are facing here yeah. as a future. That's the Obama. That's the Obama campaign promise of hope and change. The change. I, I remember at the time that he was first running, and you start reading the stuff that he's put out and he's written and he's talking about in his speeches. He wanted to Europeanize the U.S. at the time, and the Europe in Europe at that time. That's when they were actually changing their culture and their economic mm-hmm. systems because of the uh, this this polyglot of individuals that were coming in. And so this this is this administration, the Biden administration is is actually, as you and I've talked about before, it seems to be under the guidance of the of the Obama administration. And thus you get the holdovers, the Susan Rice's and those people. um, And they are producing the the type of change that is radical uh, and away from uh, America as we knew it in my generation growing up. Um, well, you know, we're, we're almost at a, so. yeah, we're almost at a time here. Congressman Biggs, a great discussion. Thank you for being here tonight. It's so important. People understand the transformation that's taking place and that we all need to, you're one of the few people fighting to stop it and we need to support you. Um, and uh, we need to continue to raise our voices and work hard to bring about, uh, to bring about change, to restore America. Congressman Biggs, thank you for being here. Thank you, Andrea. Thank take you. good care. All right, and you guys, we're going to take a break. We come back. We've got more on the other side. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. AK, dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. We have another school shooting today in Iowa that we've been talking about. And one of the first things that took place, of course, is the scrubbing of the identity of the shooter. And what we can expect immediately uh, as soon as they've done that is that you know i mean it's the it's it's the playbook right while bodies lay bleeding before families even get notified one of the first things that the democrats do is start uh, blaming guns and start pushing for more and more and more gun control none of which uh would in any of these cases would have ever stopped the tragedy from happening um joining us now to discuss is john lott he is it needs really no introduction when you think about uh somebody who is a who's a researcher who actually understands the data and the statistics behind quote gun violence you think of john lott from crimeresearch.org and he joins me now hi john lott welcome back to the show it's glad to talk to you again happy new year happy new year to you as well um, John, it's it's sad that we are starting the new year with another school shooting. 
Um, in this case, the school shooter, a high schooler, um, with um, a, a pump action rifle, whatever that is, and a handgun. Um, as a high school student, uh, clearly he w- did not um, he, he did not have a license to own these guns, or at least I'm assuming that right. at the age of you know 16 or whatever. So just right off the bat, uh, you know, it's just an example of how gun control wouldn't work because I, I mean, he got he got the guns from somewhere illegally, didn't he? Uh, that appears to be the case. I assume we'll find out more later. Obviously, uh, we're in the very early stages of everything right now, finding out. But look, well, uh, there, uh, you know, there's certain things that we do know already, and that is, unfortunately, this was yet another school where people weren't able to defend themselves in terms of having any armed teachers. The, you know, there's 20 states including parts of Iowa, but unfortunately not this school, uh, which allow armed teachers. Uh, We have literally many thousands of schools. California used to allow it for a while, and there were some school districts, but California is the one state that kind of went the other way in terms of taking away the ability for teachers or staff to be able to go and carry guns. And if you look over the last 20 years, while there have been a number of school shootings, There has not been one single attack where anybody's been wounded or killed at any of the many thousands of schools that have armed teachers and staff. All the attacks that have occurred have taken place in areas at schools where teachers and staff aren't allowed to carry. You know, you can have one officer in uniform, and I know that there are a lot of conservatives who try to go and push having one armed police officer at a school. The problem is, is that if you have somebody who's in uniform, they have an incredibly difficult job in terms of stopping these attacks. These attackers have real tactical advantages. They can either wait for the officer to leave the area before they attack, or they can Mm -hmm. go and move on to another target, or they can try to take out the officer first. I mean, the, the question I ask people is, would you have air marshals in uniform if you have air marshals an air marshal on a plane would you require that they have to be in uniform i assume the answer is no right yeah and it's pretty obvious why you wouldn't have the air marshal in uniform because it would give any terrorists who might there be there they they know then who they have to take out first uh, on the plane Mm -hmm. and but yet somehow we haven't learned it's called being undercover right it's called being yeah, undercover. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, the question people have to ask themselves in places like California or other places is, do you want to have a sign in front of a school that says this school is a gun-free zone? Or do you want to have a sign in front of the school that says, warning, select teachers and staff at this school are armed to use their, a gun to go and protect themselves and others? You know, there are all sorts of fears they get raised when states talk about allowing teachers or staff to carry. They'll say, well, what happens if a teacher loses control of a gun? What happens if a student gets it? What happens if the the teacher loses their temper and goes and shoots somebody? Are all those things possible? Yeah, but with with decades of experience in many thousands of schools, none of those things have happened even once. But yet those are the types of things, you know, and we see this in much of the gun control debate. 
about what might possibly go wrong, but we don't need right. to guess in this case. We can go and look to to see here. And, of course, you know, uh, it's just interesting also to see how the media and uh, and others treat some of these cases differently. It looks like we've had another trans person involved right. in doing the shooting in this case. You know, the... Uh, the manifesto from the Nashville Covenant School shooter still has not been released. There's like three pages from it that were leaked. Well, but we saw, uh, yeah, it, yeah, um, w- we saw enough, and you know they and they tried to hide it for a long time, right? Um, because they w- they want to make guns because the left wants to make the gun. They want to demonize the guns, and they don't want to discuss motivation. And one of the other things that they don't want to discuss, John Lott, is hardening of schools. Um, exactly. well, why in the world? Why in the world do we not have? There's no, not been any money spent. It's almost as though the left really wants these shootings to happen so that they can push their gun control agenda. And I mean this seriously, because there's ne- they never want to do anything that would actually protect children, like hardening schools. Uh, you know, one of the ironies is the gun control advocates will say. You know, people who are on your side of the debate, my side, uh, you know, it's just prayers, you know, that we don't want to do anything. I want to do something, but I want to do something that matters. I mean, you started off the discussion with me by talking about how the types of laws that they push don't have anything to do with actually stopping the attacks. And I think that's exactly right. I mean, the, the the issue, you know, we'll hear, well, we ought to have background checks on the private transfers of guns. I wish I wish the media would go and ask uh, the politicians or the gun control advocates, well, would it have stopped this last one that you're talking about? Would it have stopped any mass public shooting this century? And the answer would be no. But yet that's still like one of the leading things that put out. And, you know, you live in California. You know, the irony is that somehow – you know, California, which has the strictest gun control laws in the country, is supposed to be held up as a model for the rest of the country to go and model itself after. When Biden uh, came out to California last year after you'd had several mass public shootings, uh, he basically wanted the rest of the country to go and adopt the types of gun control laws that you have in California. Well, if you look at the period from 2000 on or 2010 on, or 2020 on, California has a much higher per capita rate of mass public shootings than the rest of the country. You know, it has, you look at these periods, like from 2010 on or 2020 on, has a rate twice or more than twice the per capita rate of the rest of the country. And that's adjusting for population because California does have a larger population. So you do expect them uh, to have more of these attacks. But here's the thing. It's because of the strict gun control laws that you have so many of these mass public shootings in California. You know, in California, so last year uh, you had like two big shootings in Los Angeles, um, mass public shootings where, you you know, guns fired in public. It's not part of some other type of crime like a robbery or a gang fight over drug turf. It's just to try to go and kill people where you have more than four or more people killed. And you had one in San Mateo County. In San Mateo County, you have one concealed carry permit holder for every 24,000 adults. 
crazy. In Los Angeles County, you had one concealed carry permit holder for every 5,600 adults. And the people who get it are people who are very wealthy, politically connected individuals. You know, you look at the rest of the country, outside of California and New York, you have over 10% of the adult population uh, with a concealed carry permit. In fact, excuse me for... Well, I want to interrupt you there before we run out of time, because I'm glad you went into this direction, because there's a new study. Gateway Pundit is reporting a new study that after a constitutional carry law was implemented in Ohio, gun crimes dropped in six of the eight largest cities. So if they really want if they care, really cared about saving lives, they would be they would they wouldn't continue to try to stop people from being able to carry. Uh, and protect themselves. Well, I mean, California have a new law that just went into effect on January 1st, which essentially makes California a gun-free zone, the whole state. I mean, it was bad enough to begin with in terms of yeah. few people being able to go and get permits. But now you have like 26 areas, you know, everything from uh, uh, hospitals and schools and parks and uh, libraries and all sorts of things. and All the places and also, that where, where people need to be able to defend themselves, you're not right. allowed to carry. John Lott, we're, we're out of time here. Tell everybody uh, where to read your work. Right. Well, they go to our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. I just have a piece up on California's new laws that we just put up today that was at the Federalist. And, but anyway, thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. All right, stick around. More Andrea K. Show coming right up. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show on this Friday Eve edition. Always glad to be with you guys, especially as we roll into a weekend here. But unfortunately, we're having to open the show tonight with some sad news. And we will get to the latest. If you haven't heard, there was a shooting today. And a, a, uh, at an Iowa, Perry, Iowa grade school. And we will have the details for you on that. And it's incredibly disturbing. We're also going to have a trip down to the border with Congressman Andy Biggs to discuss House Speaker Mike Johnson's delegation trip down to the border, those topics and more. If you miss any part of tonight's show, don't forget the podcast, which you can uh, download wherever you get your podcast. Email me at andreacasio.com, show. Dot com. I am going to take some time uh, to read some emails that I've gotten. I do read the emails and we appreciate it so much. Follow us on all the socials as well. And that being said, let me bring in my Padna right here, who's with me every night of the week. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame Broccolini. <laughs> Yeah, uh, kind of a, a tough start. Definitely a tough day. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do want to. I, I mean, I know that 
Democrats like to make fun of us for this, but some of us are people of faith and people of God, yes. and it is important that we that we do pray for these people, um, and we pray for all of the victims and all their families and their friends and their loved ones and the, and the whole community um, and really the mm-hmm. whole country. We need God. We need prayer. We we truly do. This is it's it's horrific. So I I think that mm-hmm. when you see true evil, it just reminds you to to always to think about your own, our own values and our Judeo-Christian moral framework because so much of this ties into values um, and also to the yeah. trans indoctrination movement. So I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about that as well. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned prayer. They like to mock prayer. Oh, stop saying, you know, prayers. Whenever there's a shooting, they want to mock prayer, right? And go to gun control. Uh, well, you know, guns aren't the problem. Lack of morality, the devaluing of life. The, 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 the skyrocketing violence in this country is a reflection on the decline of America as we have removed God from society. So, of course, they're going to mock prayer. But we know, those of faith, and we know that prayer does work, that the Lord provides peace and comfort uh, to those that seek him. He, does, he never promises that life is going to be without trials and tribulations and pain when he promises that he will provide comfort. And so I'm not going to be mocked out of praying uh, for those who are suffering tonight Um, and suffering. They are. And it's um, and and in part, I can't imagine what it's like to lose a child, let alone to lose a child uh, to a movement of evil, to um, in, in, in something that could possibly have been prevented. We don't know all the details, but here is what we know. At eight o'clock this morning, a teenager went into a grade school in Perry, Iowa, armed with a pump action rifle and a handgun and killed children. And before I get into the details of who the shooter was, I want to play this clip of a local official giving um, the details as to the casualties on scene. Sesame six victims one of them who is deceased that individual was a sixth grade student at perry Mm. middle school the other five are being treated at area hospitals four of the surviving student four of the victim surviving victims are students and the fifth is a school administrator sixth grader dead what are you what are they in the sixth grade 11 years old maybe 12 five of the thank Thank you, Jesus, literally, that there's not more deaths here. Like took place in Tennessee when, what was it, six or eight children, uh, third graders, I think, were killed in Tennessee. Why am I bringing up Tennessee? What is, ten- what is the Tennessee covenant, uh, was it covenant school shooting have to do with this one? Well, they were both transgenders. We have another case of trans terror that took place in a school today. And fortunately, before the powers that be that want to continue to hide, just like how long did it take before we finally got the manifesto, at least part of the manifesto revealed? In the same way that they tried to hide the motivations behind the shooter in Tennessee, they tried to do the same thing today. But fortunately, some people, after hearing the name of the shooter, went and uh, checked the socials and found the identity of 17-year-old Dylan Butler, who was a senior at Perry High School. And oh, by the way, um, we know that there's going to, we've got John Lott, who's going to be with us in in a moment to talk about the inevitable push for gun control. 
One of the things I want to point out here is that the authorities, after they went in, found an IED that the ATF had to go in and disarm. So that's something, a very important point. I don't know how this 17-year-old, I don't know that it's, that it's legal in the state of Iowa for a 17-year-old to possess weapons. It's certainly guns. It's certainly not legal in the state of Iowa for a 17-year-old to, to build IEDs. Where is this person's parents? But Colin Rugg, who's, by the way, if you're not on X, he is at, if, you don't, if you're not on X, it, one reason alone to be on X would be to follow Colin Rugg. He um, found and took some screenshots of the TikTok account by the 17-year-old. This account was named Took Too Much, I believe it was, um, which featured a pride flag in the bio. Uh, and as Colin Rugg pointed out, uh, the account appeared to be a loser, mentally ill, and a druggie. He was also in a pretend gunfight with one of his friends in one video. Uh, of course, the his defenders are out in force tonight, saying that he would been he had been bullied. So, I don't care that he's been bullied. That is not an excuse to go and slaughter children. Why didn't he just slaughter himself? He was found have, uh, dead by the police when they got inside. Now, the officials at the school are, are saying that they they arrived within minutes. That my understanding is. Uh, that the officials, I don't know the truth about what went on here. I, you know, something hinky is going on with the, with the police response, in my opinion. That's my first blush. Uh, because the official that came out today said at 8 o'clock today, such and such happened. Um, but he was already, but by the time the cops got there, he was, he was already dead with a self-inflicted gunshot wound that they did not hear. And reportedly things started at 7.37 a.m. So there's some of the details I've yet to really flesh out. Um but what we know for sure is that this was a case of another mentally ill transgender person full of hate who decided to take his hate out on children. It's not lost on me the connection between this trans movement and their hatred for children. You want to hate yourself fine. If he was bullied, was he bullied by sixth graders? No excuse whatsoever. And certainly no excuse for the left to begin their push for gun control that we know is inevitable. Joining us next is John Lott from crimeresearch.org, and we will continue the discussion with him when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Wow, what a show so far um, from the shooting in Iowa involving a trans terrorist to the invasion at our southern border. We just had a discussion with Andy Biggs about that. We don't have any idea how many terrorists have come into this country. He talked about the millions of people that are roaming around. The Biden administration has no idea where they are. Um, but uh, my dude, Sesame Broccolini, haven't had a chance to bring you in in much of the discussions. What would you like to to share in response to those discussions? Yeah, well, one of the big things for me, just looking at all of this stuff, is I'm really thinking about safety and national mm -hmm. security mm -hmm. and all the crime that's going on, and nothing makes my blood boil. I mean, these tragedies are obviously heartbreaking. Um, what feels like a slap on the face on top of that is, you know... Um, when people in politics don't want to acknowledge that we've got a crisis, whether it's 
transgender terror or whether it's terrorists coming across the southern border and walking on in without with with the help of the Biden administration. And then we get people like and by the way, of course, um, like Congressman Big said, we don't know who's coming into the country. Millions and millions of people who've been unvetted, who are basically getting a hall pass to become Americans overnight. And then we get politicians who are allegedly Republican, like Nikki Haley, saying they're not criminals. These these are just oh, people yeah, who we, just want a better life. Leave them alone. Oh, I think we have the clip on that. Do we? Did do? Yes, we have the clip on that. Do, well, let me see where I've got. Yes. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, from 2015. I want people. I'm so glad you brought that up, my dude. This is why Sesame's here. Uh, play that clip for people. They need to hear it with their own ears. But let's keep in mind these people that are wanting to come here. They want to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. They So we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. We, you know, and yeah, yes, I will. That was 2015 when she said it. But quite frankly, we had criminals coming across our country in 2015. This fentanyl crisis we got going on been going back back. To, since then we had terrorists coming across in 2015 well and think but about the cartel is, presence that's been in this country particularly yes. in the southwest i mean california new mexico texas this whole colony ridge thing is not something that happened overnight this has been in the works for a long long time migrants have been illegal aliens not migrants illegal aliens have been coming into this country committing crimes and then again we see so many crimes from so many illegal immigrants who should have been deported like the fact there was just some guy outside the capitol building with a machine Shetty in his hand, and it turns out he's an illegal immigrant from Venezuela, who was let in, who was a part of Biden's catch and release program. So it's I don't have to look very far to find actual instances of giant terror threats with the illegal immigrant population in this country. So please spare me the 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 demagoguery. I can't trust her. I do not trust Nikki Haley. I don't like her. I can't believe she passes as a Republican either. By the way. All right, coming up next hour, the in case you guys have forgotten, today is January 4th, which means day after tomorrow is the anniversary of January 6th. And next hour, we're going to talk about it because not enough people on our side as conservatives are continuing to talk about Jan 6th. And it's going to become an even bigger issue as we go in throughout this year coming into uh, the presidential election in November. And there was an interesting poll that came out by Washington Post today. And you're going to really be surprised at what 25% of Americans are saying about Jan 6. So stick with us. We've got another hour of the Andrea K. Show coming up. Don't go away.